1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on a busy weekend across Scottish football. Rangers close in on the signing of Nicholas Raskin after an incident-packed win against St Johnston. Celtic stay nine clear and give O a debut in yesterday's win at Dundee United. And Jim Goodwin is sacked by Aberdeen just minutes after a 6-0 defeat at Hibs. I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight you have Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna. Quite the weekend, Gordon. I saw Hibs hit the second. Goals that cost Jim Goodwin his job Celtic hit two yesterday to stay nine points clear Rangers now poised to add Nicholas Raskin Before a transfer deadline closes tomorrow night And four teams, including your beloved Motherwell Locked on 20 points In the biggest ever Premiership relegation battle Oh, hang on a wee second I've just been sent to the monitor to check that's alright I think we'll get to VAR at some point Andy Halliday Because we always do on a Monday But you've got that And we've got the transfer uh, window closing tomorrow It could not be busier Going to be busy for clubs In the next 24 hours uh, Hearing some rumours That Hearts might be busy again oh, We'll soon see Give us an exclusive Oh I don't, I don't know about that But You'll I don't leave. think there's going to be A team that's busier than Rangers uh, There's already been some reports That Nicholas Raskin's on his way A uh, couple more expecting in the dot And of course Some VR drama 01419511025 Let's do it then If we're looking back How do you reflect on the weekend Yesterday Celtic fans How did you see that game At Tannadice There were a couple of incidents In there I suppose uh, You got your win Kept a clean sheet A debut for O What did you make of him And edging closer I suppose To Georgius Giacomakis Leaving I guess But it's not happened yet uh, Rangers fans If you're looking back Well It was incident packed Wasn't it Willie Collum Had quite a busy afternoon At Ibrox So let's make our way Through those decisions And in terms of today Nicholas Raskin Poised to sign for Rangers What do you make of that? 01419511025 I have rarely, in fact I've never seen an open line like Saturday nights When we started with Aberdeen And could have filled four hours with Aberdeen Such was the drama at Easter Road So if there's anyone out there, Aberdeen fans or anyone else Who wants to talk Jim Goodwin's sacking Please do, same number 01419511025 Five. Let's put you two on the spot then What was your result of the weekend? Very simple I witnessed it with my own eyes Hibernian 6 Aberdeen 0 Dave Cormack had called for An immediate response from the Dons After the Cup defeated Darville um, He got a response okay Just not necessarily the one he was looking for um, One of the most incredible Games of football I think I've witnessed For Super Scoreboard and it ended with Jim Goodwin making that long walk across the pitch. It was unbelievable. And I'm sure we'll get stuck into that later on because rarely have we seen anything like that. Jim Goodwin walking across the pitch uh, having been sacked. That was Roger's result of the weekend. Andy, you would have picked that, of course, if you weren't a Hearts player because you, you can't give it to Hibs. But your result? No, 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 no. It's got to be Ross County for me. Okay. Uh, the good old-fashioned six-pointer temporarily left some at the bo- off the bottom of the table in a first win and six for the Staggies. Okay, can't argue with that. Goal of the weekend, Roger? Um, there were a few candidates, Gordon, but I, I think the one that probably made me take a second look was Jota's opener for Celtic at Tannadice yesterday. Because when <laughs> when Aaron Moy fired that ball over from, from the right, just the angle of the TV cameras, I wasn't sure whether it had hit the post and gone in, whether it had hit the goalie and gone in, or whether Jota had somehow managed to direct it from 
the most acute of angles back across Mark Berigetti and in. And that's exactly what he did. Um, a very unjotterly goal, but it was an important one for It's an interesting choice because you might have had that as your howler of the weekend for the Dundee United keeper, perhaps. But we'll get to them, Andy. Your goal of the weekend. You always pull some random yes, team goal yep. out of your, you know. You know what type of goal I'm looking for, oh and you've got to go all the way down to League One for Nathan Austin's oh, wow. equaliser yeah, for Celtic. Do you Hearts. know what? When I saw that earlier, I knew that would be right up your street. Yep, and I, I, al- I can already hear the Celtic Hearts fans screaming for them to get the ball in the box for that equaliser in the 92nd minute. But oh God, there must have been easy between 10 to 15 passes. Uh, some great football on show and a lovely little cutback for Nathan Austin to finish. He's a connoisseur, this man, honestly. Casts the net far and wide. Yeah. This is where it gets interesting. Forget 93rd minute team goals. Howler of the weekend. There were a few. There were plenty. Um, I think we'll save the VAR controversy for a little later. Okay. I'm going to go with poor old Zach Hemming. Got the nod, mm. recalled in the league after the, I'd seen him the week before keeping a clean sheet for Command like in the Cup against them. Barton. Got an odd from Derek McInnes for a big relegation six-pointer at Dingwall and somehow lost Jan Danda's 30-yarder in the Highland mist and slipped through the fingers. 3-0, game over. Yeah, that wasn't great. I'll give you that, your howler. A... I mean, mine's just kind of a drama, okay. but I'm going down uh, the John Beaton route. Yes! I'm going to go straight for the referee, which is Good not choice, very popular. Good choice, because I must be coming here. You know what it is for me? Ricky Lamy, how he has not won a penalty for his side at the weekend was incredible. And the fact that VAR's had a look at that instant and seen nothing wrong with it, I, I don't understand it. Tell me about it. Worst call of the weekend. And I'm sure everyone will agree when they phone in between oh, now and 8 o'clock. I'm not sure about that. Pigs will fly and all that. And finally, top performer, main man over the weekend, who was it? It has to be Josh Campbell <laughs> Yeah Learn a trick for a Bernie And against Aberdeen um, Alert on his toes To knock in the rebound For the first The second Straight off the training ground He completely lost Graham Shinney Bullet header From the Joe Newell Corner And then the third Somehow Managed to persuade Kevin Nisbet To hand over the ball For the penalty And scored it with a plum it Mine's just a bit of a different one I don't think I've ever gave the performance of the weekend To a, a losing side But Daniel Phillips for St Johnson for me uh, It was a game I watched on Saturday at 3 o'clock And you know, well, but I'm sure we're going to get to Nicky Clark's red card But you know, St Johnson certainly didn't look like they were down to 10 men With Daniel Phillips in the middle of the pitch I thought he was exceptional okay, Don't mind that, a bit of a left field choice Don't mind that at all Right, come on then, over to you 01419511025 You can either look back on the weekend's performances You can look back on the weekend's talking points Referees, VAR drama, whatever you want to call it Or we can talk transfers Because Nicholas Raskin is closing in on a move to Rangers What do you make of that, Rangers fans? What more? Or is everyone looking for before tomorrow's deadline? Get in touch and speak to Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna. 01419511025. Let's start with the immediate news, if you like, just because it's it's new and it's fresh. Um, and to recap, what I just said is that Rangers are closing in on a deal for Nicholas Raskin, 21-year-old Belgian midfielder, currently at Standard Liège. It's been a name that Rangers have been heavily uh, linked with over the last couple of weeks. And it now looks like it is pretty much on in the near future. So let's get Michael Beale's take on it. Whilst you get your calls in. Uh, listen, he's an excellent player. There's loads of interest in him. He's got a lot of options, I believe. Um, he's someone that can connect the midfield and the forwards. I think he's technically a very, very good player. He can play as a six or an eight. And yeah, he, he, he'd be a good signing for someone. It's an eye-catching one because of his age and the fact that his contract's running down. He's got a lot of people that like him. He's a, a player that's 
very well thought of in the, in the Belgian national team setup as well. Um, so look, uh, I can't confirm anything right now, but uh, we're closer. Um, but it's not guaranteed right this second. As soon as uh, we have any difference on that in the next 24 hours, we'll let you know. It's not. Um, I've just seen there going across the bottom of the screen that it's done. It. That's not. That's not true. Keeping his cards. Not that close to his no. chest, Roger Hanna, but th- this is happening, isn't it? I know yeah. it's, everyone waits for the scarf above the head and all that, but this one's happening, isn't it? I would have thought so, yeah. I love all that chat. He can play as a 6 or an 8. I remember Fraser Wishard's career as a 12, and now Andy Halliday's a 16. <laughs> so um, it, it's strange when managers start reverting and describing players as numbers. I think in that central midfield area, oddly, it's probably an area Rangers do need to strengthen. You know, Stephen Davis... Is out for the season Young Charlie McCann Headed away last week To Forest Green Rovers um, You're not sure Beyond the end of this season About Ryan Jack's contract Scott Arfield's contract So I think it was An area of the pitch That Michael Beale Wanted to address In this transfer window um, You might yet see Some players Going out You know I believe There's been various talk Of young Alec Lowry Going out somewhere In loan as well Gordon So if Rangers can get Nicholas Raskin in, and I'm pretty sure they will before the window shuts tomorrow night, I think it's an area that they could have done with an extra number in. Mm. Let's bring in John, who's first up tonight. John is a Rangers fan. What do you make of that news, John, that Nicholas Raskin looks imminent? Hi, Gordon. <coughs> uh, Roger and, and Andy. Hi, John. I also just kind of read a wee bit there on my, my phone now. I think it's, kind of, it's not like it's a secret. I think he's in Glasgow at the moment and I think I heard Michael Beale saying that they've been they've been looking at him for the last maybe a couple of years when Rangers played late age. So I I think it'll be I think it's something we need. We need a kinda we need a midfield player. Somebody now it plays in midfield. Uh, and I, he's only young, I think he's got the potential. So I point forward to that. I just a, a few points I wanted to make. No, let's listen, you take your time, John. Let's work our way through them. You think he's a good age, you think it'll be a good uh, addition, the type of player you need, Andy. What's your take on it? I think that age profile is something that clearly uh, Michael Beale's looked at within the squad. You know, Todd Cantwell's at a good age, Raskin being 22, Morgan Whitaker obviously putting in a bid for is really young as well. Uh, but I think it's more, you know, Roger talked about Rangers really needing to strengthen that area, which I do agree with. I, I think it's more the profile of a midfielder they need. You know, I look at the likes of Ryan Jack, John Lundstrom, uh, Glenn Kamara, three great players, but all very, very similar. And I think that was very apparent at the game against St Johnson at the weekend. You know, going down to 10 men, was there really a need for that sort of two more defensive minded midfielders? And certainly Raskin seems to they fit the profile of somebody that's a bit more forward thinking. A six or an eight, basically. Six or an eight. Or a seven. Uh, well, um, I mean, Michael Beale obviously saw him up close when Rangers played standard Liège. I'm sure there was a bit more to it than that. But um, yeah, he's, he's got sort of first hand experience and. It's, I don't think it's been a secret as, as John on the phone quite rightly mentioned It's clearly been one of the, the main targets for this window hasn't it? Yeah you mentioned a couple of weeks I mean for me it seems if it's been January the 1st yeah, It's always been the sort of reports uh, Clearly very high in the priority list for Michael Beale Quite rightly you pointed out I think he, he definitely played the, the game at Ibrox I'm not sure if he played the, the return leg With, with Kamar uh, Roof run uh, wonder goal But listen I'm sure Rangers have done their do uh, due diligence of watching more mm-hmm. goals and that obviously being a part of the Belgian under 21 setup, so certainly ticks a lot of boxes I mean there were updates on other targets Michael Beale said today that it looks like Morgan Whitaker will stay at Swansea and won't become a Rangers player that was Michael Beale's uh, soundbite today he said Rangers had made one bid and it looks like the, the player will stay at Swansea was what he said um, he spoke about Striking options probably in January He spoke about a central defender Maybe in January But maybe managed to do it tomorrow um, What do you think John? What else is, is out there? What, what, what do you make of some of the other areas? 
Aye. Also, just just a couple a couple of wee points, and Andy will maybe appreciate this. I don't know what the the surface is like at Tynecastle for Wednesday, but I take my half to the ground staff. Ibrox, that part was was like a bowling green on Saturday, and if you can't play in that, you can't play anywhere. I mean, but we've been talking about surfaces the last two or three weeks. In that part, I know Rangers have not played for the Celtic game, but that part was was brilliant. I mean, was was like say a lot of bowling green. My second point. There was a goalkeeper, the boy Matthews. I think he's in loan for for Watford, and I think he's actually contracts up the summer. And the boy had a couple of outstanding saves two weeks ago at McDermott in the Scottish Cup. And he had a couple on Saturday. The one for Tavernier, the three kick, one for Ryan Kent, and the one near the end, the deflection for Sakala. Uh, maybe it's something there that maybe Rangers are looking at. But he's talking about we need a goalkeeper. For me, I don't maybe if I look at somebody else, but I say that's twice I've seen that. I've maybe seen a couple of glimpses and the highlights for. Watching them maybe at the mm-hmm. the highlights of the weekend, and my third point is I was coming back to the game on Saturday. And I, I can't believe some of, some of my fellow Rangers fans. I mean, we've, we've won, and Andy will maybe appreciate this. We've won two nothing, and I heard Hugh Keevan say that, but the Rangers fans will be disappointed. St Johnston doing to ten men. It could have been a four or a five, but it wasn't. It was two nothing, and I think St Johnston kind of when they went to ten men, they kind of set their stall up. Made a wee bit kind of. I don't think there's any threat to the game, but they made a wee bit kind of. Dodgy for Rangers and tight. How they can I say up? But some of my fellow Rangers fans, I heard them in Saturday, and I'm, I'm seeing myself coming back the more. See when I leave my seat on Saturday, and I've got three points in the bag. I want, I want, I want performances. But we're, we're going in the right, we're going in the right, the right way. Just be patient. I mean, now you, need, you need to remember, John. Hugh Keevan's gripe was the fact that in his acca he said Rangers <laughs> 5 St Johnson nil, and they made him look silly for a wee while on Saturday afternoon so you need to remember that's where that's coming from um, I, I'm sure Michael Beale will have the same thoughts as you this Rangers team under Michael Beale is still taking baby steps and anyone you know it was 1-0 at Perth the week before in the cup and he was quite happy to get out of that McDermott Park Circus with the win and a place in the next round did you say and McDermott if, Park Circus? Surface I just double I, I think you said circus well, which maybe a Freudian slip. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no I think you might have anyway. Okay, no, no. you carry on. You know how you kill a we circus. Might, we might need a clip. Go for the juggler. <laughs> oh dear. Hurry up. Anyway, so it'd be just as happy two 0 at the weekend there against St Johnson. You know, there are no easy games in this league. You, you know yourself, you've seen it all. Remy Matthews, very good goalkeeper. I remember him when he was up here the first time at Hamilton, he looked a good goalie. But it's actually struck me during this season. I've seen him a few times. How much improved he is mm. from his time at Hamilton. He does look the real deal. Whether he's ready to jump from St Johnson to Rangers, I don't know. That, that that's something that you know Michael Beale and his coaching staff would need to look at. But he is a very good goalkeeper. Don't want to spoil John's point. He's made it. We'll deal with it, Andy. But I think Michael Beale's been quite clear. The goalkeeper one comes in the summer. So whether that is Remy Matthews or anyone else, it, it doesn't look like it will be. Now we asked you for you know your thoughts on Nicholas Raskin. Um, Here's what Michael Beale said about a centre-back today. I think we need to move him forward just because there's a little bit of uncertainty around the centre-half positions and when Connor and Ben weren't fit, we were having to play midfielders there or, or Leon. And Leon's had a fantastic first half of the season, but that was a lot of pressure thrown on his young shoulders as well. So I think moving forward, if if um, I just want some certainty in that position. And if we was to get an injury, I still want certainty because I think you build a team... From the back forward, you build a team out of possession first, and uh, it, it really helps if you have mainstays in the in the centre of your team. There's one or two really interesting things. Uh, they become much more clear in the summer, if I'm honest. But if we can force something through, we will try to. 
Yeah, I don't see it as a as a main priority area of the pitch for Rangers, but I think a lot of that is down to Rangers' mm. biggest issue at centre half position has been availability more than personnel. Uh, but yeah, he yeah. seems to though. Yeah, it's the one area apart from the, the Nicholas Raskin one that he seems to be speaking about Quite is trying on, to do yeah. right now rather than waiting. Yeah, well, listen, I think a big issue is that, is like I said, you're you're looking at the two sort of favoured partnership uh, or the two favoured personnel certainly is Ben Davies and Connor Golson. I'd love to know the stat of how many games they've actually played next to each other throughout the season because yeah. I can't I can't imagine it's been many. But uh, you know, regarding the centre half position, I've seen the likes of Jake Cooper from Millwall. I've seen him mentioned a couple of times. But I think even just the return of Conor Golson, I think has made a huge difference in the Rangers side over the last few weeks. Yeah, I mean the lad Cooper was a target right the way back to Gerard, Stephen Gerrard's yeah. time, time at the club and as you know. But you just wonder, longer term, I don't see Philip Hollander getting a new deal at Rangers when it expires in the summer. I'm not convinced James Sands will remain at Rangers beyond the end of his loan deal in the summer. You wonder for Leon King's development, the best thing might be you know, to go in the first half of next season and loan and play 25 or 30 games at a decent level So when you take all of them out of the equation You've got Goldson and Davis Which is fine And John Souter If they can get him fit That's a big if At times with John Souter So it doesn't necessarily surprise me He's looking for a centre half mm, Thank you very much to John We've got Craig hanging on the line We'll get to him after the travel Craig's got various things on his mind Including Willie Collum At Ibrox at the weekend So we'll speak to him next Voice of Scottish Football Call one four one nine five one one zero two five. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna Andy Halliday Both here Both waiting on you To get in touch 0141-951-1025 Whether you want to discuss Transfers The weekend's football Any refereeing Or VAR controversy Because that tends to be How we spend our Monday evenings Or something else entirely That we've not thought of Do get in touch Maybe we'll hear from Some Aberdeen fans On the most dramatic Of afternoons For Jim Goodwin 0141-951-1025 Craig uh, as a Rangers fan Look Craig I keep refreshing Twitter To see if you've got An announcement On Nicholas Raskin Maybe it'll be tomorrow Is that an area You're excited about? Um, well, listen To be perfectly honest We obviously don't know Too much about The, the player I hope that It'll be a good signing um, I have faith in, in, in Michael Beelan And obviously The recruitment process He's been identified For a reason but I do worry that we're going a bit too midfield heavy because I don't think coming into this transfer window anybody was saying that we, we needed to get two midfielders through the door. You know, I think we needed a striker and another defender as absolute priorities. Um, obviously, the goalkeeping one he spoke about, but we've got enough there that that could be done in the summer. So for me, yeah, listen, looking forward to seeing what the boy can bring, obviously, and hopefully him and Cantwell as well um, will... We'll kick on and help to improve us and maybe go into next season if we do lose you know a, a Stephen Davis and maybe an Arfield or Kamara having them there might help to, to fill that, that void but I, I just think we, we could have went for a, a striker as well Yeah it's interesting I think again Michael Beale he said today well I'll play it for you since you asked the question about a striker I thought this was quite interesting you can start a game of guess who for the next six months no, because I think when Todd come in and I think when Yanis comes back from injury like I did at the weekend, it's like, where would where would these players fit right now? And I think maybe in the summer I'll have a clearer picture. I would like to bring another number nine in the building that's different to the ones that we've got. And my eyes are on that. I have my target on that. And that target is probably not available right now, but will be in the summer. So um, I don't want to give you any names on that because everybody else might start liking him. But I've got my eye on... 
a very specific player for the summer and I'm hoping that we'll be able to do, do that then I don't know who that is Roger Hanna do you? I don't um, know who that is Andy Halliday? Nope, no idea Right, well we'll find out in due course But Craig was hoping that would be now He's, Craig doesn't sound too convinced that Nicholas Raskin's area Nothing personal But is, is something that needed to be a priority now What do you think? For the striker position? No f- so For Nicholas yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, To be honest I do I think it is I don't actually think Cantwell will be a, a, a number 8 I don't think he'll play in that midfield I think it'll be very much like the St Johnson game Where that sort of front free interchange Playing very close to the striker uh, and like I said, I really do think that profile of a midfielder that can join in with the attack. Uh, you know, like I said, like uh, Craig says, I've not seen him play either. But it seems as if he's, you know, he's a good ball carrier, he's a deep line playmaker. Maybe, uh, playmaker. I actually think he's, he's, uh, his stats in terms of interceptions in the Belgian league was was the highest uh, in the season prior. So I think that is, you know, a profile that's different to a Glenn Kamara, a, a John Lundstrom and a, and a Ryan Jack who are seen to do a bit more of the dirty work. Can, can we just stop this? It's number six, number eight. No, you have to get nine. with the times you're showing well, your age. Listen, I'm just thinking of poor wee Sean Maloney. He's just back in management <laughs> at Wigan. He's just signed a number it. six and expects him to play as a striker. Stop it, stop it, honestly. He's just getting over that from last week. Um, does it mean the end for, or not the end, but. I know Nicholas Raskin is a six or an eight, a bit deeper lying, but it's it's another body in that area. Michael Beale was asked, "Does anyone go out?" And he said, "You know, well, maybe some of the younger ones. Who would that be? Because Charlie McCann's already yeah. gone. And Alex it, Lowry, you'd Alex imagine. Lowry, um, you know, d- is that is that the reality that he gets even less game time? Yeah, and I suppose it is the right decision. I think frustrating for fans. I think any glimpses that fans have seen Alex Lowry this uh, this season and last, I thought he, he was pretty promising. Uh, I think he was on the pitch for eight minutes last week at Midemit Park and probably played the pass in a match. So certainly a player that the fans had wanted to see more of. But I think it's certainly more beneficial that he gets a some regular playing time. Uh, Craig, it was a busy old afternoon at Ibrooks uh, at the weekend. What did you make of it? It was, yeah. Um, that was kind of the main thing I phoned for. I thought, I've got to be honest with you, I, I didn't think Willie Collum had his best game. Um, and hey, listen, you, you're not going to lot of this, Faye. Um, you know, for opposition fans, and especially when it's comes to Angel Celtic, but I really felt for St Johnson because for me, Nicky Clark, that's a ridiculous decision. I mean, he went over to the screen when Ryan Jack's yellow card had been given, which, by the way, if that had been read, I, I would not have been complaining. And he, he looked at that. Why didn't he have a look when it was Nicky Clark when he's given him the red card? Pretty quickly, in my opinion. Because if he looked at the monitor and whoever was in VR looking at the screens would have seen he never touched Ryan Jack with studs. It was a knee and knee contact. It was slightly clumsy, but it was nowhere near a red card. And I thought, you know, the penalty... This is one of these ones where it's the handball debate, isn't it? I think that technically I can see why they've given the penalty because his arm is away from his body. That's not a natural position. That being said, the reality of the flight of the ball and coming off Connor Goldson's back, also, you can't help but feel sympathy for him because, again, what is he supposed to do in that situation? But it's probably understandable why the refs have done it. I just think it's... If I was a St Johnston fan, I'd have been feeling. I was obviously happy as an Angels fan that we kind of got away with one and, and got the result. But these things have to change because just because it's a small club like St Johnston or Morton the other week or Kilmarnock in the League Cup semi final with Celtic or any other number of games that we played, they all still matter because these are teams like St Johnston who are fighting to make sure they stay in the division, which is important for them, particularly financially. So VR's got to 
we've got to step up and we've got to have a conversation about the handball rules over the summer. These these are partly familiar, partly strange times because on a Monday night we tend to moan about referees and we tend to moan about VR. That's the familiar bit. Craig's on saying his team got away with them uh, at the weekend. So let's take three main calls at Ibrox. Pick one. Well, what I'm going to say to you, Gordon, is good weekend for VAR, bad weekend for referees. That's a fair point because there is an important distinction. Um, James Brown handball. Craig's right. It's time to have a proper open debate about the handball law. But as handball decisions have gone this season, I think that was the one decision Willie Collum got right at the weekend. You do. I thought that was a penalty Even though as Craig says It, it comes off Conor Goldson Right in front of him Oh listen we can get th- I can give you a dozen Starting back at Andy's pal Michael oh, Smith against Yeah let's Celtic. go let's I, don't, them all off. I don't want to do that So I think that's a penalty Nicky Based Clark, on Just based on everything I've seen From right. handball. Like where the hand is Because to be fair yeah. That's the bit where, that, where the, that the hand is up And yeah. it's high yeah. But is there mitigation Because of Conor yeah, Goldson There probably is a degree Of mitigation But how much mitigation Do you need before It's not a penalty Who knows I don't know Neither die so anymore I can understand that Being given as a penalty Nicky Clark Clumsy Yellow card um, The only thing I can say Is that Perhaps the VAR thought it wasn't a clear and obvious mm-hmm. error And they're falling behind that old one I thought Wally got it wrong And I noticed today St Johnson have appealed They have I would expect St Johnson to win mm. the appeal Where does that leave us all? Um, Ryan Jack I thought it was a red card Okay Penalty right decision Shinny uh, Shinny why did Clark. I keep Someone likened it to Remember there yeah, was yeah. A, a Graham Shinny and Yeah yeah some other tackle And have got me confused all weekend Nicky Clark I don't know why I keep calling him Graham Shinny um, That was the yeah. Wrong call I, I, for you I thought the red and wrong, yellow Were the wrong, wrong way round But right. when I say VAR Had a good weekend I think the VAR was correct In bringing mm. Willie Collum To the side of the pitch At Ibrox To look at Ryan Jacks again and It's not VAR's fault And the funny thing Wally is Willie doesn't want to change his mind We've also all been clam. Well, we've all been desperate to yeah. see a referee yeah. go over <laughs> and stick with his initial decision, which Willie Collum does. But if you don't agree with the decision, then you won't be happy about it. Andy, the three of them. I think he got one and a half right, which means he got one and a half wrong. <laughs> right. So I'll start with Explain. the penalty. By law, penalty. But for me, I mean, I don't think it should be a penalty. Okay. But I think he gets it right based on the mm-hmm. law. So that's my half. I'm still, I just still, the law, as we've all said, not that similar to F.A. Ambrose at, at Celtic Park because his hand was by his side, right? So that bit isn't the same. But the line about it coming off a, a teammate or an opposition player in close proximity, that's still I, there. I know. But let's face it, we have seen a lot worse than that this year, being given yeah. or not being yeah, given. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Uh, in terms of Nicky Clark's, never a red card for me. Never I, I I don't think the contacts What you initially see From the side angle I think it's behind one of the mm-hmm. goals It looks as if he stood Maybe does catch his knee Even then I, I don't really know Where his sort of knee His There's, foot can go In the fall through But we actually see another angle It looks like a sort mm-hmm. of Knee on shin collision Craig said that Does Craig sum that up quite well Because look, see, when a, see when two players Go in like that You can't really expect The referee in real time To notice that The foot went through In between the legs And it was the two knees That collided But yeah. In case you hadn't noticed, you're now be able to look at. You're now supposed to look at it in that forensic detail. Yeah, and I don't know. You or Roger might be able to tell me better. I don't actually know how it came to that decision. It seems as if it took a very, very long time. Who made the decision? I'm not too sure. They are in constant contact. I think it was almost a minute from the clash between the two of them to Willie Collum flashed the red card. So 
I, I am assuming that Wally VR sent made the VR. Decision. I, no, I think the other way around. I think Wally sent VR. I'm going to send him off. Any reason for me not to? Yeah, yeah, it has to be more like that. Well, I say has to. It, logically, that's the way it should yeah. have gone. But yeah. um, so right, you, I don't think Ryan Jacks is a, a red card. You don't? No, I think it's a yellow card. I think it's a poor missed time challenge. But I don't think there's as much. Shall I say hilarity towards the tackle? If Nicky Clark doesn't get sent off five minutes prior or thirty seconds prior, right. sorry for a for a fairly similar challenge, if not, no, probably well, a, be, a better big, challenge, if I should big, say. Big, big picture here, Gordon Ryan Jack and all the Sunday papers saying what a great season Andy Halliday was nah, having. I, at that. I know exactly. Did he? I haven't seen that. Oh no, 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 no! I'll, I'll get you a copy. Monday, Andy Halliday says Ryan Jack should have been said. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, honestly, you're, you're, no. You've not seen that. That's okay. I, That's listen, okay. It's, it's it's a poor challenge. There's there's no doubt about it. But I, I mean, it's a loose ball. I think he's got every right to go in for the ball. I think where he catches the St Johnson, uh, the St Johnson player, although it's not nice. I think any higher, hmm. I think it's a really really dangerous tackle, and then you're fully in the the red card bracket. But I think for me, it's a yellow card challenge. Um, people start throwing things at the radio when you mention interpreting the rules whatever way you like Roger I do remember one in a was it a Merseyside derby with, with Virgil van Dijk that, that sort of put it in my head I think one of the refs explained about that how the height is important and Andy's right Ryan Jack is quite low but the rule also states about excessive force yeah. and endangering an opponent and I would be understanding you know what I think about them though you know what I think about that that part of the law what, what though what do you think about it was it not well, forceful was the force excessive no there is force, but I just don't know how there can't be force for a slide tackle. And listen, if you miss ch- mm. uh, miss time the challenge, well, sorry, for, you make force contact. Is allowed. It's excessive force. <laughs> right. Well, so Barry Gitti punching the ball is that excessive force? No. Even though he wins the ball, that's Let's, not excessive force. We'll get he to punched. that. We'll get to that decision later. I suspect. Well, and, and by the way, when we're talking about bad decisions, what about Virgil Van Dijk's mate Fabinho? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I, I get that um, because that, that that thought did. Crossed my mind as well that, that was horrendous And it shows it's happening everywhere But it doesn't necessarily Satisfy us up here Because we, we focus on those things So what box is it for you? Andy's, Andy's Letting Ryan Jack off with it Because it's low But you're what? The force? The, the dangerous nature yeah, of it? I think it was excessive force hmm, We're split We're split in here I have I th- to say I think he's a bit fortunate But listen you look at the game. Rangers were still a one the game. I don't. I don't think these are things that necessarily change the course of the game. Maybe um, you're like I said earlier, Andy. It's funny because I think you in particular and, and a few others have been desperate. It's a bit over the top, right? But really keen to see a referee go to a monitor yeah. and not just be swayed by their pals at Clydesdale House and not just let them ref it. We've been waiting for someone to do it. Some people would say, "Well, of course, it would be Willie Collum would 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 be the first Yeah, I'd like to see it in a more clear cut decision, if that makes sense. Because listen, as much as I think it's a yellow card decision, if Willie Collum did brandish a red card, I don't think there could be major complaints. Even though I do think it's okay. a yellow card, but for example, you know, you you brought up the the FA Ambrose handball. I know it's two weeks ago, but that is one where when Kevin Clancy was going to the monitor, I thought, nah, I don't think he's going to change this. So it's about time somebody stuck to that. Decision, yeah, interesting. Thank you to Craig as a Rangers fan and saying over the piece. In fact, I think all three almost Craig feels they, they got away with maybe not quite the the penalty for the handball. 01419511025. Alec is on on a similar theme, I think. Alec, take it away. Hi, guys, thanks for taking my call tonight. Uh, big Celtic fan, but I was delighted when Celtic never get the penalty yesterday. The goalkeeper incident, 
It was never a penalty in a million years. The penalty that big F. Ambrose gave away as well last week was never a penalty. These referees, I mean, Willie Collum is always at the centre of the attention. We should have lost a penalty against Kilmarnock in the semi-final when Giamarcus shoved the Kilmarnock player over. How he couldn't you see that? But I watched the Rangers game through my green-tinted specs on Saturday, sitting watching it on the telly. There's absolutely no way St. Johnson player's hand went to, towards the ball. No way. Nicky Clark is an ex-Rangers player. He never went to hurt anybody. The tackle was mistimed because Lundstrom actually pulls him from behind and it knocks him off balance. There's no way Nicky Clark tried to hurt any Rangers player. But the the, the Rangers player, the Ryan Jack, when that tackle could have broke that boy's leg. That was a red card all day long. Yeah, I mean, like terminology is important. People always say this about, you know, Nicky Clark didn't mean I'm not saying it is a red by the way But whether he meant it or not It's irrelevant I think we know that You know this idea of intent And you hear that Or he's not that type of player I think it does help it. though <laughs> Do you not agree? Well, when if, you're debating the decision Not no, for no, a referee no, I'm not sure Because see if it does It's funny how you can spin this both ways Because I've seen people say about Ryan Jack He only flies in like that Because he's just been yeah, challenged yeah. by. I think and, that was actually and, said, and, and, the and therefore you can tell Ryan Jack's going to to do somebody because yeah. you know. So that's why and, that's why the the rule makers, as annoying as they can be, they've chipped away at this over the last few years, where it's it's about outcome rather than intent for various yeah, offences. I think it is just because the fact that I have played with Nicky Clark and I've actually never seen him make a tackle, so the fact that he has made a red card challenge is is, is incredible. Back to Alex's first point I agree I don't think it was a penalty um, When Mark Berigetti Comes out and punches that ball He clearly wins the ball Gets it clear Don Robertson's made mm. a mistake VR has corrected it And then Don Robertson has made Another mistake Kieran Freeman nearly caught the ball Waves play mm. on And VAR correctly Gives Celtic a penalty This is really weird Because Craig the Rangers fan Was sort of on Pointing out all the things his team have got away with, if you like, and Alec is now on saying, "I'm glad we didn't get that penalty." It's really weird. Usually, we're arguing much more than this. I think the penalty incident. I found it baffling that Don Robertson gave a penalty mm-hmm. in the first the first instance because I don't think there was anyone in the stadium that didn't see Matt Berigetti punch the ball. And I know there was that yeah. collision there with, with Kyogo, but it was very difficult to avoid and, and, and a collision. That's when what you're I mean. Bars a good weekend. VAR has yeah. got both penalty decisions correct because to Tanner after Don Robertson got them wrong. I think we have to be conscious, right? That the belief in our officials is, is at an all-time low, and and maybe that part of that's understandable. That that's fine. The standard everyone wants to see it improve. We can't have it both ways all the time, though, can we? There has to be an element of the Don Robertson one where you say. Fair enough. That's that's VAR doing its job. Like he's made a, a wrong call. That happens. You remember? Was it? Yeah. Rangers Napoli. Rangers got a, that's a ludicrous penalty for yeah. handball that never was. Yeah. yeah. The referee goes and checks the monitor. Oh, oh, you know, overturns it. That that stuff just happens. It's what it's there for. Same with Willie Collum going over and then standing by his own decision. These are things that maybe in time we can take a bit more encouragement from. But it feels like whatever happens, we are leaping on the the. Mistake part of it If you like Yeah yeah, I would agree with that But what you, If you're looking for Positives out of it Gordon The positives I mean, There aren't many are, Don't get me wrong No the positives are The correct outcome Was reached In those two mm. penalty Incidents at Tannadice Yesterday The Kyogo one Wasn't a penalty Kieran Freeman Was a penalty Aaron Moy Scored the penalty Celtic won the game Yeah and I think right. You know For the amount of 
contentious handball decisions we've seen throughout the season uh, regardless if there's any change in law I don't think it'll affect the penalty that uh, that mm. Kieran Freeman gave away because that's a penalty all day long yeah I just now go through them but when I watch them over the weekend I think right, we'll get phone calls about that we'll get phone calls about that I think Kieran Freeman we're all, we all okay with that yeah, don't, we don't need to debate it no, it's a penalty. too much further no, no. Right. Okay, so it was a Why good was he not the, booked though? The, well, is that another you, debate? There we go. Well, I've just created he, one. Here's the thing: when he'd he already been booked, remember. So if he'd been booked for the handball, he would have been sent Correct. off, obviously. But James Brown of St Johnson mm-hmm. on Saturday for his handball wasn't booked either, but are. was booked a few minutes later. So you know, it, mm-hmm. it, 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 I might it, be able to shed a bit of light in this, Roger. Go for it. I was part of two games this year where there was uh, penalties being given for handball one was booked one wasn't mm-hmm. and the referee I'm not going to name him told me well, that we'll the booking... find out <laughs> well, I, what game we've was had it? 11 penalties this season so all the best try to find there's it there's a pro harps conspiracy there's the call <laughs> oh, you never hear oh, yeah, yeah. but to my understanding the yellow card was given for handball because the shot was hitting the target yeah. when it hit his hand mm-hmm. and if the shot or pass isn't on target when the handball offence occurs It's not a handball That is what I was mm. told From the it's referee It's not a booking you mean right. yeah. That, Sorry, that, yeah, okay. the, a that, that was my understanding of it I just feel like, like With many of these things There's been some examples Where that Either hasn't happened Or yeah. you know, when it should have yeah. Or vice versa But to, if that is true Then Browns and Freemans Actually aren't They're, they're yeah. not bookings yeah. Anyway I'm sure everyone will Nod in agreement 01419511025 Now it feels like a Monday Let's keep going We'll speak to you next This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday are here. It's much more fun if you give us a call, but we like to read your tweets as well at Clyde SSB. Deggs is on, on the handball from Ibrox. Says that line about it hitting a player, um, you know, we talked about it coming up off Conor Goldson, is no longer in the handball rule. And he sent me a screenshot, and fair enough, I can't. I stand corrected I don't Deggs' profile picture Is them brandishing a card With a referee's <laughs> outfit on So You'd have to trust the The authority Don't mind that Don't mind admitting if I'm wrong um, Where was the other one there Stevie says With regards to the Celtic penalty That was overturned by VAR What is lost on so many Is that the Dundee United player Barge Kyogo into the goalkeeper It was a blatant push in the back Not every contact is a foul God. That's all I'm going to say I don't think it was a barge in the back either There was contact in the back But I wouldn't say barge them into the goalkeeper mm, Okay there, there was me saying that that one You two felt like that one was a fairly obvious I didn't think it was a penalty No, there, I don't think it's a penalty We've, we've found people always, that have disagreed with The second one I did think was a penalty uh, 01419511025 is the number Jamie uh, has dialed uh, What's your point tonight, Jamie? Alright guys right. First of all, I would like to say Andy Halliday you're an alright guy, right? I'm a Celtic supporter and I like you because you're one of the the, the decentest pundits uh, <laughs> on you, right? I, I feel I like there's a butt. I no, the no, no, I feel like there's a butt coming here, Jamie. Aye, you're, you're commenting tonight about Ryan Jack. Come on, man, take your blue tinted specs off. The guy should have had a red card. He barely broke the guy's ankle. Jesus, man. Get the I mean, glasses off Come on No 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 Never But listen as I said I wouldn't have been surprised If Willie Collum did show a red card But for me I do think it warrants a booking I have done that challenge A hundred times In I, my I, career Hold on That's not, that's not the get, defence You think it is oh, well, It is for me Because I would get sent off A lot if that you, was the case Were you higher or lower Than Callum McGregor No I was about the same height I've <laughs> got to say oh, uh, By the way That is a very similar challenge I'd say Did you get sent off No No 
Don't, we can't do this We'll get calls all night um, In fact I, 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 I don't think Mines was a red I'd, I'd, I'd actually argue Mines is worse You don't want to go down this road Oh Celtic fans will all agree with you on that then Yeah probably Aye, so you've But I think right, The reason I'm saying that for Ryan Jackson Is I do think it's a loose ball I think he's got every right to slide in It's a poor time challenge that for me is why it warrants a, mm. a yellow To be fair to him Jamie And I don't like doing this right But I don't think it's got anything to do with blue tinted specs Because he's just admitted that he thought That Nicky Clark should never have been sent off And should have stayed on the pitch We'll cut him a wee bit of slack He, he had them on at some point Come on Jesus <laughs> man <laughs> What about your own team Jamie? Were you happy with the, the win? I was happy with the win And I'm the same as the last caller there I mean We got a couple of penalties That weren't out the weren't apparently the F Ambrose I mean I, I was howling at that. I mean it was a shame I happened him. I know he's I know he's uh, he makes mistakes like that, but come on. Apparently for that. And listen, I I, I think it's important that I, I I'd love to know there must be a stat out there that tells us the amount of handball decisions have been given this year for penalties because it must be a rise on, on previous yeah, there, seasons. There was a, the one I read wasn't it won't be up to date now. It was a few weeks ago obviously but it, this is this is football now though Remember you know, this, this is not necessarily As you'll remember There's an incredible stat And I wish I, I wish I was smart enough To have it off the top of my head You can go and look it up And I'll do it later in the show Of The first World Cup With VAR Was it 2018? It would have been Ver- yeah, Versus the previous got- World Cup It's something like The number of penalties At Russia 2018 Is like the same as the previous Three World Cups combined Or something VAR Gives you more penalties I get that we're we are Sort of caught up In how bad We are at VAR And how bad Our referees are at it and, and so on But across the globe This is what it does The number of penalties Driven perhaps By the handball rule Has skyrocketed Yeah I think, I think One thing leads to another Gordon It doesn't surprise me In the slightest There'll probably be More red cards I would think as well Through The introduction of VAR In Scottish football It's something we just have to roll with And if Anthony Halliday Was really thinking about this he get the penalties off Lauren Shanklin at hard to try and get a goal bonus up a wee bit. Absolutely. Can't uh, see me doing that. No, he doesn't doesn't miss, does he? Doesn't look like missing. I don't he's not. He he's, missed the one at Celtic yeah, but and it got scored retaken. the or he scored the rebound. No, well, it got retaken. Jo- but, Josh and Ellie scored the right. rebound, but there was encroachment in the box, mm. so he got to retake it. Um thank you to Jamie. Let's squeeze one more in while Standy just cleans his glasses there. We've got Jim and Knightswood. What's your point tonight, Jim? Hi guys, uh, first time caller, how's all doing? Good, Good thanks. Doing? What made you call tonight, Jim? Uh, I've just got a couple of queries uh, One is Is there any transcript Between the VAR room And the referee That if there's any Sort of appeals Is that presented During the appeal To see who Who said what It's a great oh, question What a great question Why is it taking um, you So long to phone in Jim You should have been on here Years ago <laughs> I That's an answer for Roger oh, In terms of evidence In an appeal I'm not sure you know I don't. I wouldn't have thought so But that's just a hunch um, I can't imagine Put it this way The only th- the only thing I can offer And I don't even know If this answers the question At Clydesdale House When VAR checks are going on Crawford Allen Or an assessor Or whatever Is in, a, is in, a, in the control room They can hear the communication So they can hear it At that point Is it typed out And printed And presented And is any of it redacted Before an, the appeal At an appeal That all sounds to me <laughs> As if the answer Would be no um, but maybe Jim's close to what I think a lot of people would agree. You'll have seen this example. Was it in was it in Germany last week? Was it when the referee explains to the manager on TV why a 
why a decision was made. Did that you see was this? Actually, that was actually going to be my next question because a big thing about when VAR Daniel came Daniel Siebert apparently explaining to RB Leipzig coach Marco Rosa why he didn't send off a Bayern player. Well, as Do a, we need more communications ultimately what I'm asking. But is there a place for that? Because there was a lot of comparison to the sort of TMO with rugby mm-hmm. and there is that sort of live audio feed so there is that exp- explanation of what why they came to that decision What the reasons mm. for Do you think there's a place For that well, sort of live well, audio feed for They're going to do it They're doing it ne- the Next year This year oh. uh, I get my years mixed up Starting at the Club World Cup I believe Is that right Roger Hanna Maybe not to that extent But the referees Are going to Announce why There's the VAR check Yeah Is this news to you? I think it's The whole thing Would be fabulous no, no, but in ter- like that's happening. So, I'm sure. I, tell you what, can you, I can't wait can, for them. Can you can you imagine the weekend there? First of all, Nicky Clark, then Ryan Jack, and everyone is able to hear the communication between Willie Collum and the VAR mm-hmm. headquarters. It would be fabulous. Do you think, Jim, the the Willie Collum one with Nicky Clark is that a really good example of when it would be useful? Because you know, as Roger said earlier, it took a minute, and then he produced a red. But he hadn't gone to the monitor in that time. You know, would that be a good, a really good one to have heard? Yeah, it would be because you know you, we don't know who made that decision. You know, if if it was a red card, then the referee would have shown the red card almost immediately, but not having to wait a minute and have a discussion with the VAR. So then it puts you in you know, who's the referee. You know, is it the referee that's in the VAR room? Or is it the referee is on the pitch? I mean, so that for yeah. that, you know, if there's going to be appeal by St Johnson, which I hear there is, there is. then <clears throat> surely the St Johnson should be able to ask for that dialogue. I get why people would scoff at this, right? I, I do, but I think you almost have to assume or accept at this point, Roger, that Willie Collum did make that decision. I get what people are yes. saying. Why did they not do it quicker? And it did VR. These are all very interesting. Sort of hypothetical You've not You've not really got much choice Maybe as Jim says In Jim's ideal world With the communication Then you know But if it was VAR driven Surely he does go over To the monitor That's the point that, yeah, Is that I, fair? Absolutely I think if it was VAR driven Well it would probably Have flashed a yellow card And then been directed yeah. To the monitor To look again There you are I knew so, I had you, you know you have to think It was referee driven The look that you two gave me Had me doubting it But no, there no, we are I think it was the, just the fact That the, it still took that long Yeah And then people kept saying Well look how quickly He got the yellow out For Ryan for Jack, Ryan Jack yeah. um, You know Referees working Mysterious ways um, The Club World Cup Next month in Morocco Will trial microphones Allowing referees To communicate VAR decisions To fans And TV audiences To fans? Oof. Yeah In the stadium Yeah That could be However Some good content I'd like to know a bit more About that Because does that Simply mean Is the referee Just going to say What's on the screen You know VAR check Possible penalty or is it the full I can see number 5 He's holding them on Morocco he's... In the springtime I, th- I think it's imperative Super scoreboard Sends me Over there To <laughs> yeah. investigate this Gordon yeah. I, I'm willing to To go there Would you take On the, behalf If of I super made scoreboard. you take Gordon Diel Or Hugh Keevans You have to take one Who are you taking um, I'm staying at home And the two of them can go <laughs> Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish football. Tell you what, Jim, that was a good call for your first ever time. Make sure you stay in touch. Don't be a stranger, Jim, in Knightswood. It's Beat the Pundit time. If you fancy toppling Roger Hanna or Andy Halliday, you have to call before the end of the news on 01419511025. 
tackle the headlines. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday are here They're both waiting on you to get in touch On 01419511025 It feels like a proper Monday now We're talking about VAR and making up refs And handballs and excessive force And a tackle Andy Halliday made 18 months ago It's great to be back So if you want to keep going with that stuff Please do We did start with Rangers um, Apparently imminent signing um, of Nicholas Raskin So if you want to talk transfers We can do Celtic fans It feels like we didn't actually Talk about the football yet From uh, yesterday Lots of talk about Refereeing decisions What about on the pitch A debut for O Is Giacomakis about to leave All of the above And we cannot possibly Get through the end of this show Without talking about the sight Of Jim Goodwin Walking across the Easter Road pitch Whilst these players are doing A warm down With a bag on his shoulder Leaving his job as the Aberdeen manager after a 6-0 defeat A remarkable afternoon in Scottish football So get in touch and we'll speak to you after we play this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online The Scottish Sun.co.uk slash football Right, Beat the Pundit time You two are Beat the Pundit royalty Or you used to be are you still still form, still alright? Remind me Yeah, thanks Yeah, yeah Not bad yeah, okay. There is a pile of signed balls in here, though, that you mm-hmm. two have been working your way through, which tells you that your colleagues on the other nights of the week are not so hot. So, pressure's on you to give away fewer of those because the company credit card's been taken an absolute doing. Um, Gordon is on the line. He's a Rangers fan from Cumbernauld. How's it going, Gordon? Very well, thanks. Have you ever, have you ever played before? No, no, never. Good, no. I like that. I like that. Last week we had you know the classic guy comes on. Oh, no, I've never played. I always play in the car. Just fancied it tonight, and he was magnificent, mm-hmm. which made a nice change because sometimes they come on and they do all that, and then it, it goes pear shaped. Um, but it gave Cami Bell a good pasting on Friday, um, so no pressure, Gordon. Uh, I just hope I can do myself proud Good, me too Gordon uh, Let's toss the coin, see if it's heads it will be Roger Hanna And tails it will be Andy Halliday Let's see how we go And it's heads, Roger against Gordon What we do with Roger though remember Is we give him minus one Because quite frankly he needs to get out more And he knows too much about football So we give him some clay two in his ears as well I'll turn it up nice and loud and we'll set up the clock for you, Gordon. It's very straightforward. You've got 30 seconds to answer as many as you can, and you can pass cool. if you don't know, okay? Cool. Right, let's get stuck in. Your time starts now. Which Celtic defender wears the number 20? No idea. Name the only side James Tavernier played with in the English top flight. Oh my god. Wigan. Which Scottish Premiership team have lost the last five league games? Johnson. Who's the Aberdeen interim manager? No idea. Name the only current Hearts player on their second permanent spell at the club. Goalkeeper. Uh, Craig Gordon. Which club does Paul McGinn play for? St. Mum. Okay, let's bring back Roger. Can you hear us, Roger? Yeah. Same set of questions, shall we? Go. Which Celtic defender wears number 20? Cameron Carter Vickers. Who's the only side James Tavernier played in the English top flight with? Newcastle uh, Which Scottish Premiership team Have lost their last Five league games um, Motherwell Who is Aberdeen's Interim manager Barry Robson Who's the only Current Hearts player On their second Permanent spell At the club Oh Good question um, Humphreys Which club side Does Paul McGinn play for Motherwell What do you think Gordon Oh I don't know 
Oh, I don't know. Doesn't sound too sure. A bit tight. I must admit, Gordon, you fell for the number one annoyance of mine. Which Celtic defender wears the number 20? I know that's difficult, but just guess. Just give me a name. Give me any Celtic defender. Don't pass those ones. It was Carter Vickers. And Roger starts on minus one, which means we're back level. James Tavernier did play with Wigan Gordon You're right But the top flight It was Newcastle I'm afraid Oh no So Roger goes one in front But Gordon you're not done Because St Johnston have lost Their last five league oh, games goodness, Roger Hanna oh, They've lost seven in a row Including the cup tie So we are back level Barry Robson Is the interim manager So Roger goes one in front Talk to me about this next one no, this, I don't, I've got, I've I've just gone. this is beneath you I've just gone This is beneath you Hey Gordon Craig Gordon Aye. Gordon's namesake He got it uh-huh. Although at first he went eh, The goalkeeper And I was worried uh, I was no, like Can I, I give just, I went he said, I don't know what happened So that was back level again Yeah Magnificent Which club side Does Paul McGinn play for Gordon St Mirren And the McGinn's Is a usually a good bet But Paul is currently At Motherwell And Roger has done you With a last minute Winner Hard lines Gordon no, no worries, great. Can, can I tell you when something? You Hold on, have you got people in the background listening, Gordon? No, not at all. Oh, right. I thought I heard a wee cheer when you lost there, and I uh, thought, who are those can pals? I, can I tell you something? I watched the games yesterday. I watched Andy's Hearts team play Livingston, and then I watched Celtic go to Tannadice. And they do those team lineups uh-huh. before, and the Celtic bag four came up, and it was noticed two Johnson, three Taylor, four Starfield. 20 Carter Vickers and That's the only and reason you knew it is the only, I actually thought mm. to myself You know something I don't think I knew Carter Vickers were 20 What are the chances of that? What are the chances? Hard lines Gordon No worries Thanks very much Cheers Gordon. Gordon See that was interesting Because he won And he always wins But that great Gordon answer It's just uh, not it's, like him It's, you know poor, it's yeah, the poorest I've seen There's him. one like that Every now and again Incredible I don't even know No, why. no prizes no for idea. getting what one I got wrong anyway Oh, you hate squad numbers, I cannot don't you? get squad numbers. No, again, I wouldn't have got it. I'd not, not been watching that yesterday, honestly. But again, when you know that it's a defender, because I've told you yeah, that, what I would wrote you Johnson, yeah. I would wrote you Johnson, yeah. But you know the Rangers number 20. What else? Yeah. See, doesn't know squad numbers. Ah, that's, knows, come on. Knows the Rangers squad numbers. Aye, aye. Uh, Jamie was right. <laughs> we are on Twitter as well at Clyde SSB. So get your calls into us, please. I'm looking at you, Aberdeen fans or Hibs fans, if you were there and witnessed it, or anyone else that's interested, because it was one of those days that just sort of sent shockwaves, I think, uh, round the place. It, it was unbel- It was unbelievable. Uh, Roger Hanna You were there Take me through it um, It was a really really odd day From start to finish um, There were people before kick off Saying to me Yeah I've already not today You know then After Darvel They'll bounce back And you know Then they've got back to back Home games with St Mirren And Motherwell and, and you know This team can still turn the corner But Almost immediately From the kick off Gordon You knew that wasn't going to be the case I mean Aidan McGeady and Chris Cadden both had good scoring chances before Josh Campbell scored in 10 minutes and you knew from the start that they weren't up for it um, there was not the immediate response that Dave Cormack had called for and basically that Jim Goodwin's Aberdeen career was over and it was bad enough for him to see the third and the fourth and the fifth go in Liam Scales sent off the sixth going in in stoppage time but what happened in the hour or so afterwards was borderline bizarre I don't remember seeing anything like it before you know a manager effectively being sacked in the tunnel 
going in, saying farewell to his players as they were sitting in their their kit before they'd been in the shower. And then, as you say, you know, putting his bag over his shoulder, walking across the pitch. There were still subs doing the warm down. There were still people, you know, tidying up after the game. Goes to his car, sits in his car until such times as his car can get out the car park at Easter Road. The chairman, Dave Cormack, coming in to address the media at a time when it's traditional for the manager to come in and address the media, but they didn't have a manager. So, you know, in one sense, fair play to Dave Cormack for for fronting up at a difficult time, Mm. but it was bizarre in the extreme. Aberdeen fans, come on. What on earth do you make of what went on at the weekend? Let us know right now, 01419511025. Andy, have you ever seen anything quite like it? No um, I think it's, it's never good to see someone lose his job But there certainly was a sense of inevitability yeah. about it I think, you know, after that Davo game uh, I think the sort of writing was on the wall But you certainly feel as if you're going to get a reaction out of the team Out of the players going into the next game And I mean, to lose 6-0 after that game uh, Yeah, the writing was pretty much on the wall I mean, 1-1-10 in isn't great reading seven wins in 43 games I think Jim Goodwin's tenure at Aberdeen was was also not great but I mean an average of three goals a game they've conceded away from home it's, it's remarkable uh, and I mean <laughs> Roger it was in terms of on the pitch what you witnessed is, was that a team that was just completely was it just gone I mean does this say is this proof that it should have happened after Darville or was the full yeah, or was the full place was the full place thrown into uncertainty because of the statement in between? You know, the one that said that it's unacceptable, but we want a response this week. You know, it's just been what a weird time. It's one win in ten, I think, since the World Cup break, and we knew it was going to be a unique season. We knew there was going to be uncertainty at some clubs after the World Cup break. I don't think anyone expected any of the teams to collapse like this. You know, there were times in the first half of the season Aberdeen looked quite bright. You know, Miofsky and Duke were scoring goals. They, they, they you know, meted out a couple of pastings at Petaudry in the first half of the season to other teams. But they've been dreadful. The tactics at home to Celtic when they parked the bus but still lost. Losing those two goals to Scott Arfield and they were 2-1 up against Rangers after 95 minutes. Um, red cards for Anthony Stewart at St Mirren and in the League Cup semi-final would still lost. The five goals lost at Tynecastle, three goals lost at St Mirren, that defeat at Darville. The players are beyond bereft of confidence. They are shadows of the players that they can be and everything just came home to roost in 90 horrific minutes for Aberdeen on Saturday. And you wonder how Barry Robson and Steve Agnew and the new look caretaker management team are going to haul this team back off the floor because St Mirren is no easy game on Wednesday night. Have you got time for another wee insight? Take it away. Steve Agnew was my coach at Middlesbrough. Got him to think. Yeah, he's very, very good. Is he? Must be said. Really good coach. Uh, I think he started at Middlesbrough, I believe. Uh, yeah. Came sort of through the youth ranks and then he was a reserve manager when I went there. Played a number of reserve games under him. Really, really good. And then moved on to Hull to be assistant manager mm. under Steve Bruce, I think. Steve went Bruce took him to Newcastle. Yep. Uh, fantastic coach um, You know For somebody like Barry Robson That's Taking a key role At a big club In interim charge Somebody with the experience Of Steve Agnew Will be massive there's no, there's no way Steve Bruce Can be getting this job Is there? No I can't see it But I tell you what If the rumours are true That Chris Wilder's heavily linked Then I think that would be A fantastic appointment In Scottish football Yeah I, I, I wouldn't disagree With that at all And you wonder what type What type of manager Would be good for Aberdeen Because 
you know, since Derek McInnes left, they've gone for thought outside the box, if you like. They brought Stephen Glass back from the States, put them together with Alan Russell and Scott Brown. It looked at an innovative, imaginative choice. It didn't work. They've then gone for the hot ticket at the time in the Scottish Premiership and Jim Goodwin, a young manager, cut his teeth at Alloa, then St Mirren and going to Aberdeen. That's not worked either. So you can't imagine they'll go down the same route and go for, for argument, say, back to St Mirren and try and get Stephen Robinson. You, you can't think that's going to happen after what's just happened with Jim. And some of the guys you would have thought were candidates in the past, Gordon, Jack Ross, he's just been sacked from his last two jobs at you know, Hibson to mm. United. Callum Davidson Won two cups for St Johnson As you say And beat the pundit They've just lost Their last seven games um, Even if they're You know Would Derek McInnes Have come into the frame If he did Kilmarnock third in the league Or something To go back to Pataudry Tommy Wright's one That's always Tommy, mentioned Tommy Wright's another one But I was going to say You know Derek's team Are bottom in the league Just now the, the Previous manager was There Tommy aren't Wright. many Obvious candidates Around the place At the minute mm. So maybe A Chris Wilder Or a Danny Cowley Or a Dean Smith Or someone with a fresh set of eyes A fresh set of contacts Been on a few Might quid work. at Middlesbrough I mean You're still living off that big Middlesbrough wage No 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 chance I tell you what There's a little Dean Smith Another manager I've worked under So Yeah certainly good candidate Dean Smith's a very very good manager Sort of fits the mould That Dave Cormack talked about About Aberdeen playing this more attacking Sort mm. of style of play When they brought in Stephen Glass Seems to be a thread here All these managers Andy's Worked under <laughs> unemployed. They're all unemployed um, Let's hear from Dave Cormack Who again Did the post-match press conference That the manager usually does A remarkable Afternoon. What did you make of it, Aberdeen fans? Pick up the phone. The, the results basically since we came back from the World Cup have been uh, wholly unacceptable. I saw our fans there today, you know, 1,700 of them there today. I used to be one. I was when the 5,000 fans back in 1980 when we won the league, right? We went 5 0. I feel for them. Uh, personally, I feel like I've let down the supporters. I met with Jim. And Jim's a thoroughly decent guy, as most of you guys know. And he came up, gave me a hug, and said it wasn't good enough. And, you know, I really didn't need to say any much more than that. He's given it everything he could give it. Um, the simple fact is the results since the World Cup and our, our, way, our away form is just abysmal. Totally and utterly unacceptable. The players need to take responsibility to... Right, it's always the managers that get it. I'm the chairman. I take responsibility when things go like this, when you have to part company with managers and you make decisions. Yes, I've got a board that's there, but embarrassed, humiliated, just shell-shocked at the last week are the words I have. That's how our fans feel. I feel for them and, um, you know, I apologise to them. At a very core, basic level, Roger... A chairman, a chief exec, an owner Willing to come in to the press room And front up straight after a game And after sacking a manager Is a good thing Yes We'll, 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 we'll offer the most basic level of credit To Dave Cormack for oh, that yes 100% I'm still not convinced Aberdeen fans or even neutral observers well, listening go, oh, that you know, he's he's bang I, on him. It's nothing I, I, to do with I him. Got, I got back into the car outside Easter Road on Saturday night just in time to listen to Gordon Dale's analysis. He wasn't happy with Dave Cormack. And he was wasn't he? happy about Dave Cor- with with Dave Cormack at all because he and copied I, his haircut. And I, <laughs> that's at the core of this, <laughs> possibly. But you know what I thought? I thought Daz is speaking as as a manager, and I don't think managers would appreciate. A chairman 
going in and doing that after immediately after the sacking of a manager. I think you know managers or former managers believe that the correct course of action for Aberdeen last week was to get Jim Goodwin in mm. on Tuesday or Wednesday and pay him off after the Darville defeat because I think we're all agreed there was no comeback after Darville. I think we're all just surprised that he was still manager for the Hibs game and it just went even further away. Mm. 01419511025. Good time to call. We'll get you on next. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 01419511025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday are here. 01419511025. We're about to speak to a couple of callers that are hanging on. We've got Paul and Felix. We'll do them in just a second. Let me very quickly give you tonight's full time teaser. Uh, it's been sent in by Alan Pirry Who sent this one in to us Full time at Clyde1.com So thanks to Alan uh, Let me see 13 answers in this Which is quite a lot So let me There we are I can ditch one of them Let's make it 12 players Who've scored a hat-trick In the English Premier League And they've got a Z in their surname Quite simple isn't it? I mean it's left field 12 players An English Premier League hat-trick And a Z in their Surname Luis Suarez Yes So to spoil the punchline right There was 13 And one of them was Fabrizio Ravanelli But I thought 13's too many I'll just scrap him Because Rav- they're Raven Because he get a Z in his surname? He doesn't That's the point He was the only one that had it in his first name Oh right, right. Okay, So okay. I thought we'll, we'll just make it surnames only Suarez yes Gianfranco Zola Brilliant Yep Eden Zeko Okay I like it Okay okay One more and then we'll move on um, a couple of absolute crackers on here I must say so. Alright, no that's fine We'll leave it there Thanks again to Alan It's fulltime at Clyde1.com Fulltime at Clyde1.com Tonight we're looking for 12 players With a Z in their surname How'd they come up with these things? That have scored an English Premier League hat-trick Paul is an Aberdeen fan oh. From Alloa Paul, how do you even begin to sum up What it feels like to be an Aberdeen fan After the weekend? Uh, embarrassing, shambolic, unbelievable. Um, did you want me to go on? It's it's pretty awful. Yeah, I mean, the last yeah. time I asked an Aberdeen fan this in the show, they swore. So I'm just glad that you, you didn't do that to me, Paul. Um, what in particular is shambolic, embarrassing? I mean, I guess you're going to say it was the right decision to, to get rid of Jim Goodwin. Was it the timing? Is it the manner of it? What in particular has annoyed you? Um, the, the decline in Aberdeen has been apparent for you know a couple of years now. Um, this wasn't just Jim Goodwin. I, it was definitely the right time for him to go. He, he was doing absolutely nothing right. It wasn't working. He had to go. Um, but look at what we've had in the last couple of years. You know, Glass and Brown. I mean, come on. The, utterly shambolic. We went. We entered the season with only two recognised centre backs one of which couldn't even play against Celtic, and I'm not convinced he's any good anyway. And Anthony Stewart, who I knew nothing about before he came to the club, but he's done absolutely nothing to prove that he's any good whatsoever. Um, The biggest mistake they made was getting rid of Andy Considine. He could have been there and captain, and okay, he might be getting on a bit, but he was still our best player last season and probably would have been the best player this season. Uh, Paul... Passion's coming right through Roger he's using some strong words And there's nothing worse as a fan When yeah you sack the manager And you think it's the right call But you, 
it doesn't bring you that much relief because you're convinced that everything else is sort of broken anyway. Yeah, um, I don't disagree with the Considine point that Paul makes. Um, I don't disagree with the Anthony Stewart point or the Liam Scales point, for that matter. Um, you know, in terms of squad and the balance within the squad, whoever gets this job will go in and say, Excuse me, where are the rest of the defenders? So, where are they? Balance is a such an interesting word, isn't it? Because you can't batter the recruitment overall because Miofsky and Duke have got 20 league goals between them. I'm not yeah. saying that's everything, right? And I'm sure, you know, Miofsky's maybe tailed off a bit recently and all that. So, I get that. But if you bring in two attackers, they've got 20 goals between but, you well, by the well, end of well, January. Well, the best will in the world, even Miofsky and Duke can't score seven at Easter Road to get you, <laughs> get you a win or score six at Tynecastle. Yeah. So, the problems they have, and Dave Cormack mentioned it the weekend. It's the conceding of the goals. You know, you're losing six at Easter Road, five at Tynecastle, three at St Mirren, three at home to Rangers. Um, you're not going to pick up many points if you're losing goals like that. And Paul's quite correct. Listen, I'm not going to say Andy Considine is up there with Miller and McLeish, but Andy Considine played over 500 games for Aberdeen over 15 years. And Andy Considine was not the problem last summer. Um, and I think he's shown that by his performances for St Johnson in the Premiership this season. Yeah, and listen, I always try and go off a, you know, playing against teams. Paul watches them every week, you know, but I might play Aberdeen two, three, four times in a season, and, and I do think they've improved in the last year. I, th- I think a, a big part of that is down to the signings they've made. I think they've got more dangerous players. I think they've got more variety than the, the Stephen Glass team from last year. But Paul highlighted the main the main area. I mean, forty three goals conceded this year's the most in the in the Premier League. You'd never expect that from a, a, an Aberdeen side, and their away record has been, I mean, poor to say the least. And a big part of that is of that forty-three goals they've conceded, thirty-three of them have been away from home. An average of three goals conceding away from <laughs> yeah, home. It's remarkable. I mean, Paul, what, where does it go from here? Who Barry Robson's in charge? It's a very in-fashion thing to do to give a interim manager a couple of games, and if he does okay, then give him the job permanently. You any thoughts on who it should be? To be honest, I, I have no idea who it should be. I don't think Robson is the man to do the job. I'm happy enough for him to take charge for now. Um, I have no idea who it should be, but whoever it is has got a hell of a job in their hands. I, I, I just think experience is called for at a time like this. I think they need an experienced hand at the tiller at Aberdeen Um Someone who has seen a situation like this before and won't be spooked And someone who can take a step back and look at what Aberdeen need um, Not just for the next four months to the end of the season, Gordon But potentially for the next three or four years uh, Recruitment is crucial Look at the recruitment that has helped Hearts to third place in the league I know he's injured just now, Craig Gordon Back for a second spell at the club, you know Uh, (laughs) I've heard, yeah. Absolutely superb. You know, look at the signings. You know, Rose and Devlin have been found in Australia. Um, Snodgrass has been lured back to Scotland. Barry Mackay's been lured back to Scotland. Lawrence Shanklin's been lured back to Scotland. Andy Halliday's been lured back to Scotland. They're all there. But, you know, that's a squad not just strong, but deep as well. Even with, you know, injuries to Alexi Andy and Craig Halkett recently. The bench has been really, really strong, you know, and it helps. It all builds in itself, you know. People down south look at how strong Hearts are, and Newcastle United are willing to let Garan Kowal, who's just played at the World Cup, 
come to heart as well. So, you know, it all, it all feeds itself and, it, you know, it, it's difficult, but Aberdeen and Hibs mm. are always going to be judged by the standards of, of a club like Hearts. Hearts are leaving them trailing in the week. And it's all down to recruitment and the new guy that needs to make that his number one priority. You feeling smug about all this? Yeah, that's Ryan Jack and Roger Hanna I've got to thank. Unbelievable, tonight, so. honestly. So your closest city, right? Well, to be fair, they, there's a turnaround for them at the weekend until... Saturday afternoon They were apparently in crisis as well Hibs And Aberdeen are going through this so They make you smug as a Hearts player Your closest rivals Don't let David Martindale hear that though uh, Listen going into the game as well I thought it would be on a knife edge I actually favoured Aberdeen Just because I thought that result against Davo I just assumed there'd be some kind of reaction uh, But No I'm not going to say it's a surprise That Hibs won the game But to win by the margin they did Was, was certainly a surprise uh, I'm sure Paul's Delighted at the, the recent signing of a young defender on loan from Watford anyway Because it's certainly an issue of the part they have to improve Been pushed out by Ryan Porteous maybe And whilst we're on the topic Very quickly I'm about to speak to Felix Who's been hanging on for ages Just because it's there 6-0 Kevin Nisbet comes on and scores He was meant to be going to Millwall the day before People kept saying Aquil There's obviously another club Well that was three days ago And there's no other club apparently right now And the window closes tomorrow Does he stay at Hibs? I still have my doubts I don't know hmm. I, I genuinely don't know it, it wouldn't surprise me If there uh, there was movement tomorrow For Kevin well, that, 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 That's not to say he'll go Because if you asked me a week ago I thought he would have been A Millwall yeah, player Andy. Strange for me uh, Just doesn't quite add up I think if you're going down to a club To finalise a move And do a medical To then sort of do a complete U-turn uh, Come back up the road mm, I'm not too sure what's happened there But Listen, Ryan Portis has been a big player for Hibs, but for me, I think Kevin Nisbet would have been harder to replace. Mm. I mean, someone that scores that amount of goals in the SPL, uh, proven goal scorer, I think it'd been difficult for Hibs to replace. So they'd be very lucky to hold on to him to the end Felix, of the season. Felix, you have my heartfelt apologies because you've been hanging on for ages. I admire your patience, so take it away with your point. He's fallen asleep. Yeah, it's he's my fault, to be fair. He's definitely snoozing. I can hear him. For too long. I can hear him snoring in the background. Felix said, he's been, hey, what, a, what a shift he's put in. There's a wee clock that tells me how long callers have been waiting. doesn't look pretty. I feel really guilty. Too long. <laughs> Felix, can you hear me? Can you hear me okay? Oh, you? Sorry, it's my fault. I kept you waiting. What's your point tonight? No, that's fine. I've just woke up again. <laughs> uh, so I've, uh, I've just got a point and I've got a, a question as well. So, so my first point is just about the game on Sunday. So pretty much first half, uh, a lot of Celtic fans thought were terrible, but I thought pretty good. Uh, I think the only thing we didn't get in the first half was the goal and I think we're starting to get sort of really impatient if we don't score in the first half what's going on why are we not in front and it's just one of these things we've been playing so good recently that pretty much there's an expectation for us to be leading at half time so I did think we're too too bad the first half but the the, the second half Aaron Moy and Jota they, they were absolute standout they were great I think Aaron Moy's been a, a bit of a slow starter, but he's been amazing. And, and Jota, just some of the, the skills he's pulling off, some of the crosses and that, I thought he was absolutely excellent on Sunday. Yeah, listen, I can't argue with any of that. Aaron Moy created one. Um, he seems to have taken over the mantle as Celtic's designated penalty taker. Takes them very well. And, you know, if, if someone had said to you that Matt O'Reilly was no longer going to be a, a first pick, in that Celtic three-man midfield You would have thought It's going to take a really good player To oust him from that But a really good player Has come in And has oust him And you would think You know There's there's a League Cup final Just next month You would think If the League Cup final Was tomorrow Celtic midfield Would be 
McGregor Moyen Hatati It's been a bit of a staple of Celtic's play this season It's been blowing teams out the water in the first 30 minutes And starting fast So you know, quite often you can feel that wee bit edgy as a supporter If they don't start quite as well But they were never in any any danger There was um, complete territory, complete control uh, A lot of chances If Kyogo scores in the first 30 so, seconds Dundee yeah. United might be thinking of a repeat of that that, uh, that defeat at the start of the season But yeah, the, the result was never in doubt for me It seems as if Aaron... Aaron Moyes reveling in this sort of new higher up position and, and getting involved in the attacking play bursting into the box so yeah he was the key man uh, yesterday a debut for O did you see anything in, uh, did you see enough of him Felix to, to have an opinion either way I, I don't think we've seen enough of him I, I think he needs a, a bit more time it was a it didn't sort of do too much but uh, it, it's good to see him on the park it's good to see he's fit he's ready to go all the rest of it it's just just a kid to get more game time and seeing what he can do yeah. well, you could probably make a stab at what type of player he is I mean you see him you see the size you see the, the, the way he moved around and so on would anything jump out for either of you? No, listen it's, it's unfair in the lad to try and make judgments yeah. just now um, he will become the the backup for Kyogo going forward I would expect you know you're asking do we think something will happen with Kevin Nisbet in the next 24 hours I think something will happen with Georgios Giacomakis in the next 24 hours so it will be Kyogo first choice as it always has been really and O will be given the opportunity when the opportunity arises to back him up played a great ball in the last minute mm, for, for yeah. this chance other than that yeah I mean the, the game sort of petered out in terms of the pace of the game but uh, through no fault of his own it was just Celtic a very comfortable try to see out the win but uh, I'm sure it'll make a big impact from now at the end of the season. Mm. Here's the latest update that's been rumbling on this on, on Giacomakis from Ange Postacoglu yesterday at brief. I'm not really sure what's going on in the background and uh, yeah, I assume everything will get sort of resolved in the next couple of days. Yeah, I'm comfortable with the squad. As I said, even if I wasn't, Michael's not taking my calls anymore, mate. So uh, he's telling me that uh, we're done, but um, it's probably the strongest squad I've had since I've been here. You can almost see that Roger oh, look, Celtic always have a strong bench nowadays right? Yeah. but in particular it jumped out when I looked at the bench yesterday there's now not even uh, with no disrespect there's not any Gucci on there that you think oh well he won't come on there's not a James McCarthy on there that you think well, he won't come on it was just full of players that would pretty much be in the, yeah, be yeah, in the, the team I, I needed to know Juranovic is gone Jukamakis yeah. is he wasn't to, involved yesterday yeah, he's going to go as well young Scott Robertson left the club last week Moritz Jens is gone too wouldn't surprise me if there was a couple of fringe players Idiguchi being one maybe heading out tomorrow on loan somewhere eh, just to get the squad down to a manageable size but it is deep and it is strong he can, he, Ange Postacoglu saying he's happy with it Andy doesn't sound like there'll be any incomings like we mentioned the outfield players on the bench yesterday was Kobayashi Haksabanovic Turnbull Iwata O'Reilly Forrest O and Maeda so you, th- yeah th- I'm not surprised there there's any more no for, for another um, player at the moment really no. Listen, I think it's a manager's dream it's what everyone you know aims for at the start of the season is to have two capable players in each position and you've got to say Celtic have done enough work in the last few transfer windows to allow themselves a, a very very strong squad that only sort of blip you might say is try to get one or two out that's maybe a mm. bit far off the pitcher to get them off the off the wage bill but other than that they're in a, in a strong position No doubt tomorrow for you Giacomakis will, will go I mean it certainly sounds like it but is it now up to him really to, to yeah, find something I, that I, 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 Listen I think you need three parties to mm. agree you need someone who wants to buy him well there's probably a couple of clubs yeah. out there you need the player to want to go I don't think he's disguised that in the month of January that he wants to go and now that O is in the building I think Celtic are quite happy to let him go I think the deal will be done I feel like I'm losing track of who's in the lead between Atlanta and 
Urawa Reds Because every time I refresh Twitter It's somebody else apparently is leading it Can you shed any light for me? My guess would be Atlanta Okay uh, Thank you Felix 01419511025 On the full time teaser tonight The guys are looking for 12 players with an English Premier League hat trick to their name And they've got a Z in their surname Nathan has nailed a few of them You've given me Suarez, Zola, Zeko Got a few down here I'll start with Carlos Tevez Wonderful Roger uh, Javier Hernandez Javier Hernandez No apparently Ooh. No hat trick for him I'm going to go with a, a, a more left field Because I'm sure I was at the game Okay Matthias Kesman For Chelsea No apparently No, no. What about his old Chelsea teammate Eden Hazard Yes yeah. And Look, they got his strip Didn't you No Did you not Hazard no. Who did you swap with Chelsea Drogba ah, So I knew he was one of the big hitters Lucas Perez when he was at Arsenal uh, No What about uh, Wilfred Zaha Nope uh, Last shout I'm going to go with uh, He was on loan at Hibs once upon a time <laughs> Ricardo Vazte No I'll nah. give you some thinking think time so. We'll get the answers next Number one for football in Glasgow and the West 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday are here What an illuminating break that was Roger Hanna Andy Halliday's just gave us The best slash worst exclusive Ever known in Scottish football He's adamant I'm not repeating it No no I, I'm going to have to try and fill in the blanks here And I, I won't say it word for word I wouldn't burn your sources of course but Andy Halliday's telling us tonight, Roger, he's big exclusive. He's convinced that Nicholas Raskin is done and it's over the line. But when we asked him why, because I, I went to Twitter, I thought of Rangers announced yeah. this. He's, he basically told us there's some sort of secret social media code that only Rangers or former Rangers players are aware of, and that's told them that Nicholas Raskin's a Rangers player. But you never thought this day would come. Well, when you set out, if I'm wrong, I'll hold my hands when you, up. When you set out in journalism, that this is this is how players would uncover transfer. I see, this is the, 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 the cutting edge of journalism. That's what it is. It's a secret code. Well, yeah, I'm on it now. Don't you worry. I'll be keeping a wee eye. You having it, Roger Hanna? This Does it sound good to you? This won't end well. <laughs> no, you're right. It won't. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. So Rangers fans, if it happens soon. Very well done to Andy Halliday And if not then you know where to direct your yeah. uh, your anger I'll accept uh, that Even though everyone knows it's surely getting close But he's confirming it apparently Right, your teaser tonight 12 players oh, They've got an English Premier League hat-trick to their name And a Z in their surname It's what? a random question but what? I like it You've got Suarez, Zola, Zeko, Tevez, Hazard What about Raul Jimenez at Wolves? No mm. Not a current one I had I thought was it Ayuse Perez yes, at Leicester Yes, well done mm, Good show. There's another current one you should really look at because when you think of the team and so on There's a good chance he's got a hat-trick And there is a very loose Scottish football connection with this guy Oh, Eberechi Eze of no, Crystal no, Palace No, 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 no. Another place for Stranjall, no <laughs> uh, I should have been thinking about this instead of my code Yeah, you should have mm. Oh, he... I've got it, Mares. Yes The failed oh, St Mirren trialist oh, as the story oh, goes yeah. Riyad Mares. So, is that all the current ones down? One, two, three, four Five, yeah, yeah, I'd five, say so. five yep. old guys yep, to yep, go. Yep. Mm-hmm. When you said I, I sort of loose, I wondered about Fabrice Fernandez. No, 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 no. That, no, that was your Scottish that was, one. That was the Scottish one. I can try and find you a, a, a link to Scottish football in the remaining five, but I'm not convinced I will manage it. So, mm-hmm. so a couple in here with an Arsenal connection. Oh, 
One of them has done one of them has done that rare thing of playing with Arsenal and another of the big teams. You know, there's a few guys that have done that over mm-hmm. the years. I don't know. I don't know if he's is it Jose Antonio Reyes. No, he a... no, he's he's an S. Mm. Okay, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so, what else jumped out at you from the weekend, Roger Hanna? What do we need to give more well, attention what, to? One of the things that did jump out to me was Eamon Brophy. Yeah, who was a big signing for St. Mirren when he went to the club. Um, through injuries and form and this and that, sort of tumbled down. The pecking order behind Curtis Main and Jonah Younger and Alec Grieve, people like that, allowed out on loan to Ross County and scores in his debut against another former club, Kilmarnock, and sparks a really big win for County, who have now got Hibs at home tomorrow night and will maybe fancy their chances of getting above the other three teams who are stuck on 20 points. I think that we might reflect at the end of the season on the business that's done in the month of January, and when we do... We might point out what a good signing that was for Ross County. Four teams on 20 points at the bottom of the table. Um, Motherwell are one of them. Andy Halliday quite rightly pointing out a ludicrous penalty decision that Motherwell didn't get at the weekend. But to be fair to guys like David on Twitter and Rab saying, ah, but the one Motherwell got against us earlier in the season was soft. And these things are leaving themselves out. And that may well uh, be the case. But there are... A lot of team. The teams down there are down there for very good reason. Andy Ross County is the exception because they've got the good result. But you look at Motherwell. When was the last good result? Yeah, a long time. And ago. I hate to see it, Gordon, but you do have to worry about them just now. That is a, I, I am fully not aware run. of that. But but tomorrow night, home to St Johnson, who have lost the last seven. That's even worse for them than yeah, Motherwell. Who went to Fir Park earlier in the season, conceded an equaliser in about the ninety third minute, and then found time to score a winner thereafter. There's so many of those games that. Motherwell are suffering from Yeah I mean it's the kind of big game That you and Gordon Dale Would dash out the studio Tomorrow night And get to That's a good point That's a good point I mean I now no longer live in Motherwell As you well know You and I have But Motherwell still play there um, Which makes it logistically more challenging He has no excuse I used to love heading home And quickly going for the second half Maybe I will tomorrow You know that But then it's deadline day Mm. I get called into Work related business But what if it's Motherwell deadline day Saying you'll be there on yeah, the spot I think that's unlikely um, Kelly Dundee United also Massive yeah, Same yeah. night You've got to say You feel as if Dundee United Have turned a corner a little bit Since the World Cup break I think mm-hmm. that's seven points In the last five games Two wins in there So Yeah I, I've always felt as if They, they should have too much quality yeah, Within the squad I, 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 Everyone I looks at Fletcher and Well Tony Watt Whatever's happening there Tomorrow Glenn Middleton's uh, Jamie think, McGrath yeah. and, um, Dylan Levitt Charlie McGrew and various others um, Right what should we look out for then You're in the closing stages Deadline day tomorrow Roger Hanna What's the What are the headlines to look out for Well I think Andy Halliday will be proved correct Nicholas Raskin will become a Rangers player tomorrow Whether that's all the business Rangers do tomorrow Either ins or outs We'll have to be you know, waiting and seeing um, Nath think... quickly on that Nathan has tweeted me And he's cracked your code He knows Oh does he Nathan knows about this I'm impressed There you go mm-hmm. oh, Anyway There's Carry on Nathan to see that I think Georges Giacomakis will be a former Celtic player um, before the close of play tomorrow. Um, if he'd gone last week, do you think O would have had O O seven in the back of his oh, Celtic? Honestly, oh, stop it! Disgusting. This, this, this like been in here with Gordon DL. Oh, we got a great marketing ploy that would have been. He's just getting over his good win that Jim was looking for before the weekend, and he was so <laughs> delighted with himself. So oh. we'll move on. Um, so that that Andy. 
you're not going to no big money transfer for you tomorrow. You're not giving us any more exclusives. No, well, Hearts do I'll more business. Ne- I'll be here next Monday. Come on, Robbie, all turned off by now. Are you going to do more business? Well, I don't think it's a secret that they've went Callum in a couple Patterson of times for Callum Patterson. Yeah, so don't know. Like, I'd love, I'd love to see that. He's uh, obviously had a good career since he's been down south. Got caps for Scotland. Uh, had a good Hearts career in the past. Uh, so if we could get him in the door, it'd be a Another strong addition to the squad. I think there's every chance that will happen. I think Hibs, you know, Hibs have done one today. CJ Egan Riley's come in from Burnley. I wonder if there'll be one more. But when you play in Dingwall oh. on transfer deadline day, does that minimise your chances of getting players in the door? I don't know. Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking that. I mean, just a slight logistic challenge. You like to think yeah. big clubs have got things in and place, but we're not as big as will some Aber- clubs. Will Aberdeen sign more? And if so, who's signing mm. them? Tony Bryson makes a great point that the Motherwell game's Wednesday, not tomorrow. Sorry, so, as soon as so I said if that. If Gordon Diel and I do rush out the studio to Fir Park tomorrow, we'll have made a serious and grave error. Mm-hmm. I'll let you go up to his and watch Love Island with him, and that, well, nobody the, wants that. The, the thing is, last time Daz I went to watch Motherwell exactly. anyway. Willie, anyway, Willie Pettigrew was up top. <laughs> Let's quickly round off the teaser. Five more you're looking for. It's just. I'm worried for you uh, Alex, uh, Alexis Yeah that was the one Yeah that's the one Okay the one. Keep going then oh, I'm totally for you To be honest with you I need some clues Gordon I can hear the tune Right there are two Two separate answers mm-hmm. Have um, A festive Connotation The big guy with the red beard uh, The, the oh, red suit and the white beard Oh what a shout Rocky Uh huh Santa Cruz And the other one Oh there's another one Two oh, First name this time St Nicholas Santi Cazorla Santi Cazorla of course Yeah that's the other answer uh, Argentinian Max Maxi Rodriguez Maxi at Liverpool Oh I was going to say a different Maxi no. And the last one I think we're running out of time Maxi Lopez I'm going to have to put you out of your misery It is Jordi Gomez Oh Swansea Yeah tough one Never we got there then Thank you to Andy and Roger Make sure you join us tomorrow Deadline day Hopefully high drama With Mark Wilson And Gordon DL And Callum Gallagher is up next